0: Fierce ladies, welcome to the Moms in Real Estate podcast, where we unleash our unapologetic power to share the raw truth of our journeys. Brace yourself for a dose of empowerment, education, and encouragement like never before. I'm Kristen, a relentless entrepreneur obsessed with connecting and uplifting fellow boss babes. In this podcast, we're all about getting down to business, conquering motherhood, nurturing relationships, and so much more. Get ready to dive into the nitty gritty, embrace the hustle, and unravel the secrets of success in the world of real estate. We're here to ignite your fire, equip you with the knowledge, and unleash your limitless potential. Tune in as we redefine what it means to be a true boss babe. Welcome to Moms in Real Estate. In this episode, we're delighted to feature Janelle Snivel, a powerhouse in Charlotte's real estate scene and a global real estate advisor. Beyond her successful career, Janelle's a devoted mom to a 19-month-old son with another baby boy on the way. Grounded in her strong Christian values, she brings love, faith, and a passion for building meaningful relationships to her life and work. Join us for a candid conversation on real estate and on motherhood. Welcome to Moms in Real Estate.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, of course. I'm so excited to speak with you today. And you guys can't see her, but her shirt's so cute.
1: Oh, thank you. I know. It's kind of like an ode
0: to Scottsdale where you are, right? Is that why you put it on? I love that. No.
1: Well, my sister lives there. So every time I wear it, I think of Scottsdale and I know you're there. So I'm like, okay, I'll just like wear that today.
0: (laughs) I'm like 20 minutes from Scottsdale and Gilbert and it fits Gilbert more because Gilbert was like once a farm town. Now it's like okay. overpopulated, but <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> I'm excited for the, uh, our audience to hear all about you today. So I, and you've had such an interesting journey in real estate. So why don't you get us started and tell us just kind of the path that you've gone down?
1: Okay. So, um, I originally started in real estate very unexpectedly because the entire, like My high school career, I always wanted to be an air traffic controller. So I set out to go to college for air traffic control. And I was working in a um, golf pro shop down in South Florida in college when one of the members there approached me and said, I think you'd be really good at selling real estate because I see how you are with customers here. And I'm starting a real estate firm. I'd love for you to come work for me. And I'll pay for your whole school and MLS dues, realtor fees. And how could I turn that down? So I said, yeah, sure. I'll do that. So I, I quit le- my job. You literally crush- got
0: into real estate after someone told you that. I think that's so cool. I hear that story sometimes where people are like, someone told me I'd be really good. And then they actually are really good at real estate. And that is cool. Yeah. It
1: was like I mean I don't like to turn down opportunities but it was so like random. Yeah. Um but the opportunity to have everything paid for too was just totally. I mean I felt like I would be dumb not to take that.
0: Yeah. How up, old were you at you the know? time?
1: I think I was um 19.
0: 19, yeah, I was 19. Oh, oh my gosh, 19 and getting your real estate license. I will never forget, mm-hmm. I got my real estate license the week that school got out when I was in high school. So I was 18 and I was sitting in the class and I everything that they were talking about was so far <laughs> over my head.
1: It was so <laughs> hard
0: for me. And I remember it took me so many times to pass the test.
1: Yeah, I remember when I started to learn about taxes, you oh. know, like I had no idea what taxes were. And like, you know, if you own a home for two years, you don't have to pay capital gains tax on, you know, two out of five years if it's your primary home. Like, what does that even mean? You know? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Everything. I'm just like, this is too adult for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So So what happened after that? He gave me the opportunity. I took the classes and got my license when I was 20. Um, worked for that firm. It was a little boutique firm for a year. And then I ended up still wanting to go into aviation. So I just put my real estate license on inactive status, moved to Oklahoma City, worked for the FAA for a couple years, and then went home to Charlotte, North Carolina, and reactivated my, well, I had to first take the test, Yeah, passed it, came home and activated my license here, which I'm still in Charlotte. And I was part-time real estate, full-time aviation still at that time until I met a builder in our area that built the house I had listed for sale. And he wanted to start a real estate firm with me. And we met a couple times and I decided to not pursue aviation anymore, and go full-time into real estate. And that was a few years ago.
0: Do you feel like you would have um, gone in full-time if that guy didn't give you that opportunity? I don't
1: think so. Yeah,
0: that's good.
1: Yeah, the reason was because I had been applying to be an air traffic controller for almost eight years by that time. And at the same time that he gave me that opportunity is when I got – the opportunity to be an air traffic controller, I got accepted into the academy. Oh, so wow. I had to make a really tough decision yeah. that kind of like tore my heart because I had worked so hard for mm-hmm. that for so long, but always had the passion for real estate too. So I knew I wouldn't be disappointed doing that. And to give up that opportunity with a builder felt just as big of a I mean, it was just as big of an opportunity as being an air controller. So I didn't feel like I could go wrong, mm-hmm. but it was more of looking forward to, okay, what do I want my life to look like? You know? Yeah. And when
0: I, when I say like, oh, that's good. I What I mean by that is it's good that he was placed in your life at that time, because sometimes you need that push and you need that, like, oh my gosh, like this is a good opportunity. I need to do it now. Whereas sometimes mm-hmm. that opportunity doesn't come for a lot of people and they have to be like, oh my gosh, which one do I do? And they they just have to like quit their job and jump in full time without that yeah. kind of opportunity lying there. Yeah.
1: Like if it came, timing is everything. Like if it came at a different time, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know, I would have, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. It was just a divine intervention. I always say that it happened when it did and I I couldn't have seen myself turning down being an air traffic controller except in that specific moment when it happened. So it's yeah. really
0: cool. So then mm-hmm. recently you've stopped working for the with the builder and now you are all on your own, right? So recently, yes. I have a
1: one and a half year old. Well, he's almost 20 months now. And I'm also pregnant and due in March, which is from today, about eight weeks away. Oh my gosh. And I started to realize how I wanted to have a lot more off my plate Mm -hmm. to be able to nurture my relationships with my clients and my family more because I was, I'm so like, like gung ho about work. Like I love working. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can just like, get so involved with it that i put everything else to the side so um i told my business partner that i wanted to start looking into other firms and i ended up finding my new home at premier sotheby's so that happened only about a month ago
0: yeah and i think that that's a you know it's a really scary thing but i'm seeing more and more moms in real estate really take a step back and look at their business and like ask themselves is this aligning with the life I'm trying to build and I think that's what you did you know it's sometimes we have to pivot in our businesses and I can totally relate to you when you're talking about like I love work and I do um I do find myself time and time again where I love it so much I get so entrenched in it and then I do put my family to the side and I have to Mm -hmm. like realign myself and like remember what's like truly the most important thing. And I think that that's going to be something that people like us that love work have to constantly work at.
1: Yeah, it is. And luckily he was very understanding and I was freaking myself out, you know, having that conversation with him because I'm like, I don't want to let him down, but he's a father too of four. And so he like totally gets it. And you know, we're still working together. We're just not business partners in real estate. Yeah. Um, like owning the firm. So like, luckily um, we still have a, a really good relationship and foundation. So that way we can still That's work together, great. even though I'm not, you know, his business partner in it. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love that. I love the whole story. And I love that you guys are still working together. Sometimes it's really hard when uh, business partners split up and You know, Mm -hmm. I've dealt with this. I mean, I've been in the industry for eight years and just like um, have had situations where like we don't talk anymore and it makes me so sad, you know. So it's just like I really love when there are when you are able to separate ways and it's like in a positive, you know, everyone's like it is for your best interest, you know.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So tell me like now that you're on your own, like what are you most excited for? The
1: the thing I'm most excited for is learning from the brokers that I get to work with now in in Sotheby's because I, I was just like the top of my firm out of me and two other women.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I wasn't learning from anybody there. And I felt like I was getting stuck and I love to learn. Mm-hmm. I listen to podcasts all the time. And just, you know, if I had a question, I would be stuck with having to call an attorney friend or the realtor hotline or another broker friend and, and feel like I'm bothering them. So um I'm just really excited to learn more from the other top agents that are here in the office and um, having the support because I used to not um, have like a marketing team and now I can just upload photos and all of this stuff gets created for me. Whereas before I'd have to go into Canva and create it all, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it just has opened up a lot of time for me to spend my family and, and nurturing my clients.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a good point. It's, um, sometimes it's hard to go to a big company, but once you're there and if there's people to learn from that are, like, way ahead of you, it can make all the difference, Um, and I think a lot of people move to companies that are, you know, like Sotheby's or, um, you know, like where I'm at, EXP, and I feel like they don't take advantage of really, like, entrenching themselves into that culture and learning from all the really, really great, bigger people at the company, That was one Mm -hmm. thing that I like made sure I did. I was like, I am so small out of these thousands and thousands of people. Like I need to go find the people that I really like resonate with and see how they've built their business and like try to build my business in a similar way Um, and build Mm -hmm. relationships with those people. So I spent like a couple years doing that. And I think it was one of the most impactful things I've done in my business.
1: Yeah. I feel like no matter where you go, you can learn from Mm -hmm. a bunch of you just have to make sure you actually put yourself out there to do it. Like totally go to the, the places that, you know, they have conventions at and meet people there. Cause you can just sit back and do nothing no matter where you go and it's not going to work. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just like, I, I could have, you know, could have gone anywhere and learned a lot, but um yeah, like the, I think the backend support of like having all that's like, um, timely, those like little details taken care of for me is like such a weight lifted off my shoulders. Well, yeah, because
0: you have a baby and you're about to have another baby. Like, those are super important things for you to have, like, leverage in mm-hmm. your business so that you're not doing those things. You, when you do yeah. have time to work, like, you've got to go and do other things. You don't need to be on Canva. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is it's like I always try to delegate Canva and I still end up back on Canva. I love it. It's actually like therapeutic for me.
1: <laughs> it is for me to a certain point, you yeah. know, because I got good at it. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, oh, I can do all these cool things. And but then I find myself spending way too much time on it.
0: Yeah. I actually somebody was talking about like when you when you find like you time, like you should go and color or what you know, like Draw whatever it is, and I was like, I feel like when I think of that, I think of Trello. Like Trello is like my coloring, where it's like organizing like events and like coming up with the concept and the marketing around it. Like I almost feel like that's me picking up like a paintbrush and painting for some people, you know. And I think yeah, that yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think what I try to like remember sometimes that that's okay. I don't need to like have an outlet of I don't want to paint. I went to a paint painting wine night one night. And I was like, this is the worst thing. If there wasn't wine here, I would hate my life. <laughs> um, yeah, like my
1: sucks. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: It literally sucks. And I'm like, and then I'm like done before everybody else. I'm like, are they still drawing? <laughs> like-
1: Hi, it's Barbara with your tax coach. And we love helping entrepreneurs save money on their taxes. Here's a quick tax tip. Leverage is one of my favorite words to use when talking about real estate. Did you know that when you pull money out of a property, that loan is tax-free income to you so you don't have to pay any taxes on it? For more info, follow us on Instagram at Your Tax Coach or go to our website, yourtaxcoach.com.
0: Um, okay. So I love something that you put in your questionnaire. Um, one is that there was a couple of things I really liked. Um, one is that you make sourdough bread, which I feel like is kind of all the jazz right now. And I'm like begging my friend. She's actually been on this podcast before Stephanie Mainville. She makes homemade sourdough bread along with, I feel like a lot of other women I've made, I've met, but I'm like, teach Mm -hmm. me how to make it. So has it been something you've always done?
1: Not something I always did. I picked it up. One of the air traffic controllers actually gave me some of his starter when I still worked there a few years ago. And I picked it up then. And I didn't know it was like all the new rave. Yeah. But when I started to get into it, I saw a bunch of other people getting into it too. And I just did it because I'm like a health person. I like to have, like, I buy organic everything. Yeah. I try to, you know, stay on the outside of the.
0: Me too. um, Outside yeah. of the grocery well, for, store, people that, for people that don't know that you should stay on the outside, like don't go on the inside of the grocery store if you can avoid it, which, you know, having a young kid like it's really hard to avoid.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. And so I know I was making my own baby food for mm-hmm, the I first six months of his life. Like I got into all that. <laughs> so uh, sourdough was kind of a part of that mindset where it was just no preservatives, really healthy. And it's actually easier for people who have like a gluten intolerance to um, digest sourdough bread yeah. too. Cause it's, it's a different um, combination of it's like starter instead of yeast. So I picked it up and it's a lot of work. So you have to really really love doing it in order to (laughs) keep it up Yeah, because sometimes I find myself feeding my starter every week and not making a loaf for a month and I'm like why am I even feeding the starter
0: (laughs) yeah I can see I can see how it would be really hard to keep up with um and I'm not like I don't eat a lot of bread but it's more like I just think for my kids like it's so hard to go and like find a good bread that they like that's not like full of crap you know
1: yeah, I started making them a lot just to give away.
0: Yeah, Ooh. because give one to you me. Know, Too bad you're you so make far. Them pretty, yeah, I'll ship it to you. <laughs> we actually... You can draw
1: on them, yeah.
0: We actually, uh, one of my friends who I met through this podcast, she lives in Vermont. She owns a maple farm in Vermont and she sent me um, like maple from her maple trees. And I just was so fascinated. I'm like, so you just go out and they like stick a thing in a tree and like maple syrup comes out. And they're like a fifth generation maple farmer. Like that is the coolest thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, that and honey. I'm like a big honey person too. Oh my gosh. Like I have a friend that has, uh, she creates, she has probably five like beehives and they make honey every single year. And she knows I'm the honey freak. So she'll just give me this big jar of honey and I finish it every single year. I love it.
0: Oh, I'll totally like throw you something random. Like this girl who makes honey at the farmer's market had this one honey that was for sinus um, congestion and it gets mold and bacteria out of your chest. And I have had had a chronic cough for two years I couldn't get rid of. And this honey that my friend got me literally got rid of it. It was the most crazy thing. I'll have to send you it and I'll put it in the link in the bio. If anybody else ever has a a cough, But also it's like such great ingredients. I bought a bunch more just to keep in my medicine cabinet for my kids for when they get a cough or cold. It's really good for your immune system. So Mm -hmm. I totally think you geek out on it, too. Yeah. The other thing that you do that's like pretty badass is um, for fun. You like to go deep sea fishing.
1: Yes, that's that's if I could pick out my favorite hobby, that's what it would be.
0: That is so crazy. I hate deep sea fishing. Why do you like it? (laughs) I don't, you know, that's a good
1: question. I grew up fishing in a lake here uh-huh. in Charlotte. And then when I moved to South Florida, I, I guess you kind of engulfed in the fishing lifestyle when you live by the ocean, Yeah, you see boats everywhere, all these beautiful charter boats. And then a lot of people I met loved fishing down there mm-hmm. and had boats. So I got to go out with them and just I just loved it. Even being on the water, if I don't catch anything, I don't even care. I just like to be out there and enjoying the scenery. But it's really, really fun to to go fishing. I a lot of times I was the only girl out there with like seven, eight guys. Like, what's just your what's day. the coolest
0: thing you've caught? Probably a shark.
1: I oh, have caught cool. a shark, but oh. Um, it was smaller. I, my favorite thing is a yellowfin tuna. We would take my friend's boat over to the Bahamas from Fort Lauderdale and go tuna fishing. And it's, I mean, they're so big that you can't, you can't even lift them up off the boat when you pull them in. But it, the biggest one I ever caught was bit by a shark on the way in. You saw this? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty crazy experience because it happened right next to the boat. Oh, And all of a sudden it was like, you see this beautiful fish and it's huge. It's probably like a hundred pounds. And then all of a sudden you see red because it got bit and you're like, uh oh
0: <laughs> my gosh, this <laughs> is why I don't like deep sea fishing. <laughs> One of the 10 reasons. <laughs> so scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was still, that was the best catch, even though it was bit because it, it bit the stomach. So it really like, All the meat on the fish was still there.
0: Oh my gosh. That's crazy. (laughs) I literally like I I think I'm just so afraid of the ocean. Like I love Florida because I love the beach and I could just lay there all day, but like I don't want to go in the ocean. And the one time I went deep sea fishing, it was like what's that movie um where Mark Wahlberg, he's like deep the deep sea or whatever, and it's like or the perfect storm. I'm like, I feel like I'm in the perfect storm. Like there was so many like waves and I was so sick I'm like this is like miserable (laughs) so but I did catch the biggest fish and we ate it like for days that part was really cool
1: yeah I feel like that always happens the person that doesn't want to be out be out there or get seasick catches the biggest fish
0: yeah and then they didn't (laughs) want to take me back I was like take me back I'll pay you whatever I have to and they were like no and then I caught that and they're like fine I'm like okay (laughs) I did my did my duty well, this so is- many times
1: you go out there and catch the biggest fish, and the guys are like, how do you get that lucky? <laughs> They're probably so
0: mad. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, these dumb girls, I swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you feel like um, for, I mean, obviously you have a baby coming, um, but for 2024, do you have any, like, thing that you're like, this is, like, a big project of mine or anything that you're wanting to accomplish?
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, I would say, number one, it was just – getting, this is going to sound crazy, but my friend and I joke how we used to run our businesses off the notes in our phone. Mm -hmm. Like that's how unorganized I was. And since I've moved over to Sotheby's, I started to actually write down everybody in my database and upload it. And now I'm actually going to be tracking like, you know, time spent with everybody and nurturing my relationships with them instead of just kind of chasing my tail with, just the daily tasks that I need to be doing. So my main goal is to really just focus on my relationships with those people because I hadn't been able to do that owning my own firm. Um, And one of the ways that's that I'm going to get help with that is I just hired a transaction coordinator, which everybody calls me crazy for not having one of those already, too. So I interviewed her and she's great. And I'm so excited to work with her because I started to think again, like, what am I going to do when I have a newborn again and all this stuff on my plate? So, yeah, that's going to be a really big
0: help. As hard as it is to, like, get yourself to go and do all these things, um, once you get organized, I feel like for people, at least people like me, like I'm a DI on the DISC profile, I'm a You know, I love to go out and do the work. I hate like the system side of it. But once I get my systems in place, it's almost like freeing for me because otherwise I drop the ball on so many things. And if you were able to run the business that you ran off the notes in your phone, just imagine how much further you're going to go with systems in place. You know, I always think that's such a cool thing and a good spot to be in. Um, Mm -hmm. And you'll have to tell me next year, like, where are you at after you get those in?
1: (laughs) I know. I'm like really excited for it because there's just so many things that I've been wanting to do and like ideas in my head that, you know, you just can't even begin to start planning it if you don't have the systems in place because you're just spending time doing other things that really have no meaning.
0: What are the main systems you're most excited to implement? Mm.
1: So systems i would say like the i mean sotheby's has a lot of like internal things yeah. and i don't even know the use of all of them yet cuz i'm so new here yeah um but just uh, touching base with everybody in different ways like um they have a um a thing called ninja selling have yeah. you heard of them before oh yeah Yeah. And I just got introduced to that. And it's not really about like systems, but more like how you stay in touch with people Mm -hmm. around you. You know, as a mom, you can get so involved with your kids that you like don't talk to anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's really a good reminder like, I need to be like going out and like having fun with my friends who are my clients too and not just staying home. Um, I would say like, I am like starting to write notes and actually do more meaningful things. Well, yeah. It's like
0: when you, when you go out and you're with your clients who are your friends, you're just putting intentionality and like more of a process around it. So like for a good example, like, um, I, Love ladies nights. I do um, them four times a year with my sister, who's an esthetician. And I started out doing them for her to get business. This is before I even had a business, and I've just kind of like always done that. And now it's grown to be a big part of my business where I do it quarterly. So now I have a plug and play event that four times a year I know I can invite every girl that I know, anyone that is in my sphere, that and anyone that's in my network. But then it's also an invite tool to meet new people. And it has been something that it's just fun when you have something that you're like passionate about and you like doing, it doesn't feel like work. So just creating that whole process around it is, um, you know, it's, it becomes to where it's a staple and people like get, look forward to it and you get to see all of your friends and stay Mm -hmm. top of mind.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a really good idea, especially because I feel like in our area, and I'm sure it is in yours too, there's a lot of people from different areas here that they don't know anybody. They, they're just moving here. And it's nice to be able to have somebody that will connect you. Because a lot of times, especially as moms, it's so <coughs> hard yeah. to connect with other women because you're not like going out like you used to when you were younger and just like randomly meeting people. So, well, and yeah, meet people where
0: that. you're at, right? So like right mm-hmm. now you have a baby and you're having a baby. So like if you think about what do you want? You have other people that also want that. So I know we've had a lot of like moms um throughout the country on the podcast that actually do mom walks. So it's like they've got to get out of the house, they're going to go walk their kids with their strollers and then they get to go and like meet up downtown um you know, once a month and they do this big moms walk and some have turned into this like huge thing or I know a lot of moms who've started mom groups. Um, but some moms are like, you know, I just want a night out like away from my kids. And that's where they create something like a book club or um, I mm-hmm. actually like really want to be a part of a book club. So I asked another mom at school. I was like, hey, I just don't want to lead it. But can you lead it? And like <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to like. It's the cute. It's like we have like twenty five women and we haven't even started. We like literally texted a couple people two days ago and I was like, "This is going to be like so much fun." But like that's mm-hmm. the room I want to be in, and it's going to be a great way for me to stay top of mind to people, to meet new people. Um, so I can't wait.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was with another mom friend yesterday, and I told her I kind of want to start a book club. Oh my gosh, you should.
0: Yeah. Do you want a I'll name to for it? I have the best name. Sure, what is it? So we're doing Read Between the Wines and then we're going to meet at oh. local wine bars for our book club. I'm so that excited. So- <laughs> um well, it's been so much fun having you on.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you.
0: I know, I love talking to you and I'm like so excited. I'm sure we're going to be friends forever. I feel like this podcast does that. And so I'm sure I'll be in North Carolina at some point and I will call you or if I'm anywhere over there that way doing an event, I will make sure to invite you.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. And I'm I might be in Scottsdale well, now that i I'm gonna have a newborn, but you know, visiting my sister there. So if I ever am, we can I'll go let have you lunch know.
0: And the baby can come. I yeah. love babies. I have baby fever like crazy right now. <laughs> Well, cool. We'll definitely have to do that. So if anybody wants to follow you on Instagram, I'll put your Instagram handle in the show notes, but go ahead and tell them what it is.
1: Sure. It's the CLT girl. And that's kind of an ode to my aviation background CLT.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. You're going to have to post a picture in your cute Scottsdale shirt so that everyone knows what we're talking about. (laughs) We'll do. (laughs) Okay. I'll see you later. Thanks so much for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kristen. Hi, it's Kim and Whitney from Real Social Agent. And we love helping real estate professionals create social media content that helps them grow their business. If you're a real estate professional looking to save time and create more effective content, we're about to make your life so much better. You're amazing at what you do. And we're here to make sure everyone else knows that. From social media coaching to custom content creation, our job is to make you shine. Follow us on Instagram at Real Social Agent or download our free Reels 101 library at the link in the show notes.
0: Thanks, friend, for listening to the podcast. We love having you in our community. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review or share it with a friend. Also, we'd love to connect with you on Instagram. Go follow us at Moms in Real Estate.